0: In Lebanon, 12 parliament sessions are not enough to choose a new president. On June 14th, Lebanon's parliament failed again to agree on a new president. The country has been without a head of state for the last eight months, since the end of former President Michel Aoun's term in October of 2022. Neither of the two presidential candidates made it through. Former finance minister Jihad Azour, who was backed by most of the country's Christian parties, received 59 votes. While Suleiman Fangiye, supported by the Iran-backed Hezbollah party and its allies, got 51 votes. Neither of them met the threshold of votes required to become presidents. Even hope for a second round of voting was lost when members of parliament started to leave the room, forcing a loss of quorum. And so the presidential vacuum in Lebanon continues with only a resigned, disempowered government at the helm. Laws can't be made and reforms can't be passed. All of this is happening while Lebanon undergoes one of the worst economic crises in modern history. This is Beyond the Headlines and I'm Nada Homsi. This week, we're in Beirut, asking why Lebanon keeps failing at choosing a president. But before we start, if you want to get all the latest episodes as soon as they come out, then just hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Lebanon has a unique political system known as confessionalism. This is simply based on power sharing among different religious groups. The parliament speaker must be a Shiite Muslim, the prime minister a Sunni, and the president a Maronite Christian. This distribution of power aims to ensure that each community has a significant stake in the political decision-making process. To better understand this, I sat down with Aymad Salemi, Associate Professor of Political Science at the Lebanese American University, who has published many books explaining the dynamics of Lebanese sectarian politics. During this conversation, we discussed Lebanon's complex political system, where the political division is coming from, and what the future holds for Lebanon and its people. My first question to Mr. Salami was, why did the recent parliament session fail to name a president?
1: Well, you know, as you know, Lebanon is a consociational democracy, which means any political decision, especially crucial ones, such as the electing of the president or forming government or electing a parliament, required the consensus of all its components, especially those uh, components that are sectarian groups we're uh, referring to here. So sectarian groups need to consent by large on these crucial issues uh, that are decisive for the country. One of them is the election of the president, as you see. 128 members of parliaments needed to elect the president. They are divided in half between Muslim and Christians. And then Each uh, confessional group is subdivided into sectarian groups, like uh, Christians are divided between Maronite, Catholic, and Orthodox, among others, uh, while the Muslims are divided between Sunni, Shia, Druze, and Alawis. And the consociationalism means that you cannot elect a president or uh, form a government without making sure that consensus, or to some extent, a large consensus among all the confessional groups is formulated. And the way this is guaranteed, this is by providing almost every sectarian group in the country a veto power. For instance, in a parliament, when you want to elect uh, the Sunnis, uh, Sunni sect, for example, has 27 members of parliament. Now, in the current affairs, what's happening is that the Shiite, in particular, have 27 members of parliaments who are all Shiite, plus their allies, who have nominated uh, Suleiman Frangi for presidency. Now, Suleiman Frangi does not have the consensus uh, of other sectarian groups, particularly his own Christian sect because the majority of the Christian members of parliaments are against his uh, nominee, nomination, and, and instead they have nominated Jihad al So as a consequence, you have a sectarian division over the name of the president, and whether this person will be an ally or consensual to all sectarian group, or whether that president will be representing one sectarian group, one political position versus another. And therefore, what we are now confronting is uh, exactly that. We have two candidates, one supported by majority Christians and one supported by majority Muslims. And they're both running and uh, we don't have a consensus over the name of the president. So what we could make out of this is that uh, Lebanon continues to be divided uh, in a state of political paralysis. There is no sectarian consensus over the name of the president?
0: I think that with the way that the presidential election is set up, it can often get very confusing, especially because you start asking yourself or uh, you start seeing how easy it is for each side to block the other side. So I think what became clear from this session, which is the 12th one, it's that neither Jihad Azur nor Suleiman Franjier stand the chance of getting the 86 votes required. Which means that we're no closer to a presidential candidate eight months since the last president, Michel Aoun, left the presidency uh, or his term ended. So what's going to happen now? I mean, would you say that we've gone from one political deadlock or one parliamentary deadlock or paralysis straight into another one?
1: Yes, uh, just like you mentioned, uh, you know, we are uh, having a uh, serious political paralysis and deadlock, in a situation of a deadlock. Uh, Though I would uh, say that the last election um, changed some of the dynamic, uh, uh, you know, to say the least. Uh, First of all, uh, these two candidates get almost most of the votes, uh, despite the fact that we couldn't uh, succeed in electing president. But. Uh, If you count the vote, we had almost uh, uh, the vast majority of members of parliament voting. So you have now a clearer political division. Only 17 uh, uh, elected somebody other than the two main candidates. From a political perspective, we are uh, getting more and more clear political divisions uh, nowadays among clear choices for candidates. And that's an achievement by itself, uh, given all the uh, challenges Lebanese and political uh, uh, scenery com- provide for the complications in Lebanese uh, politics. So we're having some progress. There are more mobilization. there are more clear-cut politically. This, the, uh, the situation is not as fuzzy as it used to be. Now you need a a quorum of uh, 86 uh, members of parliament in order to convene, and then you have to have a majority vote to elect a president, and that means we're talking about uh, 65 members of parliament needed to elect a president. So at the moment, Jihad Az'ur managed to get 59. Uh, I'm sure that if the quorum was kept, and uh, Hezbollah and allies did not pull out, we could have elected a president. I mean, most predictions made was that Jihad Azhar could have mobilized another uh, six votes uh, to win the president. So we are very close. I mean, this is a uh, positive side about uh, this uh, latest uh, round of elections. However, uh, on the other side, uh, we are seeing two big blocks now pulling apart from one another, and that would require not simple fixes politically to bring them together. Especially the opposition the Hezbollah now is made out of a diversity of groups. Uh, it's made out of the Lebanese forces, of Kata'ib, of the Free Patriotic Movement, plus of the Druze groups, uh, Free, uh, Progressive Socialist Party. So it's a and plus some independence, so it's quite wide coalition. And for them to agree on an alternative candidate will be really, really difficult to come up with. So therefore, I think it would be really uh, challenging for Lebanese members of parliament to elect a president anytime in the near future. I think that would be required in any future agreement that will be inclusive to electing a president. Would be something like, you know, what to do with the weapons of Hezbollah? Would the uh, 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 government policy statement include uh, assurances for Hezbollah to maintain its weapons without any kind of uh, confrontation with the state institutions and the Lebanese army? you know it is not going to be a simple just electing a president uh, process it has to be i think much more comprehensive we have to have something a repeat of the 2008 doha agreement whereby the political leaders convene somewhere either in Lebanon or elsewhere in the world in geneva and maybe go back to qatar or in, to egypt and agree abroad uh, to come together uh, to, uh, to elect a president along a series of political uh, power-sharing processes to be arranged with the consent of all sectarian and political groups. So I think we are still far from that uh, step, but this is something I think is a prerequisite for electing a president.
0: It's like you said, alliances are shifting, things are moving along. Uh, this last session was definitely different from previous sessions. um but it's you mentioned that with jihad azur, he can have he could have potentially gotten sixty five votes in the second round, but doesn't that? point seem a little bit moot when the constitution is interpreted in a way where during the second round of voting if a major block doesn't like the candidate that that could potentially get the 65 votes they can just force a loss of quorum get up and go and therefore ensure you know that no president is going to come along that's one and then two you were saying of course that political leaders are going to have to eventually come together meet and um, arrive essentially at a consensus whether that's abroad or here on a president and that it's a little bit far away in terms of what the agreement looks like we still have we still don't know so given that any kind of future sessions that we see are going to continue going the same way that they've been going which means no one reaches 86 votes in the first round and then there's a loss of quorum in the second round and these um, negotiations that are happening in the background are continuing, what kind of timetable do you would you kind of put it at? I know that's a difficult thing to estimate, but in Lebanon, we never know how long it'll take to elect a president.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, this is a very valid question. I mean, are we going to wait forever or you know, to elect a president? I mean, the, the time has cost, uh, of course, and already... We are start to hear voices who are uh, growing intolerable of uh, keep on um, keep waiting for you know the groups to come together and they're calling for some kind of federations or some kind of split in Lebanon. So this is a very uh, reasonable question to ask. Now the thing is the timing doesn't seem ripe, at least for regional powers such as Iran. Saudi Arabia, United States, Europe, and to some extent Turkey and Russia. Those are major players in determining Lebanese fate. They have been determining that fate for uh, sometimes, for maybe uh, since Lebanon became independent in 1943. So Lebanon is very much dependent on agreements of regional powers. Now what is Lebanon now is really waiting for is some kind of maybe an approach more between Iran and the West meaning between Christian to a large extent and the Shiite. and for that to happen is crucial for any agreement right now this agreement doesn't look like in reach but who knows maybe something some kind of conversions or approach more will take they, they just like, you know, it happened between Saudi Arabia and Iran, it may happen, you know, between France perhaps and Iran, or between new political orientations by the U.S. administration. We don't know, but that's something very crucial. The moment that happens, we should expect much solutions to begin to emerge into the political stalemates in
0: Lebanon. The big question, I think, if Presidents in Lebanon are formed because of political consensuses domestically on the sectarianally or in in terms of sectarian agreement, in terms of political agreement. And they're also made um, through geopolitical agreements or shifts in geopolitical alliances. Doesn't that basically mean that presidents are being decided on behind the scenes? Which kind of begs the question: What's the point of even staging a parliamentary election if it's all consensus-based?
1: This is the dilemma of what we call consociationalism, that you know you have to agree almost on everything, including electing a president, and that makes you know uh, agreement over election. As, must, as more or as a prerequisite for political processes in Lebanon. So you're right. Uh, some, sometimes you wonder uh, what's the point of uh, holding democratic elections, whether for the president or elsewhere, if they required a much wider geopolitical uh, agreement. Um, but, you know, this is the case of Lebanon. We call Lebanon politics as mostly intermestic meaning uh, it is very uh, interlinked domestically to international and regional politics. And this is how things in Lebanon forever. And in countries like Lebanon that are small dependent economically, politically, militarily, on other countries, sometimes they have to make some kind of, they, they have to mitigate these issues, whereby they have to factor in regional and international interests and domestic Uh, politics and then come up with some kind of a consensus that does not provide uh, a threat to any of its domestic components or regional influencers, if you will.
0: And right now, electing a president is just the first stage of a number of very many steps that Lebanon has to take in order to get itself out of um, the economic crisis that it's in. First of all, because Parliament can't legislate as long as there's no president. It's basically just an electoral body.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, Nada. Just like you're saying, you know, that uh, it's very crucial uh, for Lebanon to elect a president because uh, the president is a key for all other kind of things to happen in the country, uh, forming government, uh, and then eventually... Uh, negotiating economic solutions, uh, including uh, ways to bail out the country from its own economic crisis, which cannot happen. The current government is an acting government or caretaker government. It cannot uh, act on anything. The parliament at the moment is a legislative electoral body. It cannot make laws. It can only convene to elect the president. So we cannot move the country anywhere without electing a president. The cruciality, so to speak, of electing a president is what making this very difficult negotiating game between all different parties. And each is trying to calculate uh, how to benefit from or how to have their agendas uh, articulated In any kind of future political uh, solution, including that of uh, electing a president. So that's why what I was saying originally is that uh, it is not a simple matter to elect a president in Lebanon, giving all uh, other things considered. Uh, It needs some kind of a comprehensive uh, agreement whereby Lebanese. Uh, with the sponsorship of regional international power, can agree on a comprehensive package, political package uh, that uh, in assure all parties that the president and future government will stand on equal footing toward all different political parties. It's worth mentioning that uh, in the past election, the parliamentary election 22. We had a group of reform minded, supposedly independent members of parliament who were elected, and they were elected to express the uh, resentments, uh, sentiments among the population against the political elite in the country. It is interesting to see their positions at the moment, uh, given the election of the president. They are divided, nonetheless. We are seeing now about 17 to 18 uh, members of parliaments who did not vote to either one of the main candidates. And these 17, 18 members of parliaments are becoming very important and crucial to sway in order to win a majority. So in that sense, the reform and the popular protest movement has in a way achieved to, uh, to take on a balance uh, of power whereby its position can uh, determine uh, the fate, uh, the political fate of any candidates. Uh, and this is different than uh, how things used to happen in the past.
0: And that concludes our interview with Mr. Salami. This episode was produced by Matt Kiniston, Arthur Edison, and Dua Farid. Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe or follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed this interview, please consider sharing it with others who might benefit from this conversation.